Assalamu alaikum guys, welcome back to our Food for Thought podcast. Today I have with me a very special guest, we have Ismail Brewish. Uh, he's pretty new to the area, but I've known him for a little over than a month now. We've worked on non-profit boards together, and I had to have him on the podcast. Ismail, salam. So it's been more than, I think you said a month, but it's been... Oh, did I say a month? I meant a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's been about probably a year, maybe a bit more than that. But um, alhamdulillah, yeah, I'm new to the area, like you mentioned. Um, Tell us a little bit, yeah, tell us about yourself. Absolutely, yeah. Um, So I kind of wanted to talk about, and I think this this goes well into that, is... um, I, I kind of been all over. Um, I've been here for about a year and a half, and it's really tough, you know, moving to an area that you've never been to, meeting people you've never. You, like, I literally didn't know anyone who lived here, and that's kind of been the story for me. Like the past three places that I've lived, I didn't know anyone there, um, and uh, it's interesting to kind of, you know, every time, every like the first time I went to an area that I'd never been to, like you know, going when I was uh, going to college um, for my undergrad. Um, it was interesting because I'd never been through that experience before. Um, and you know, the third time through it kind of gets like old, you know, you meet, you meet new people like, ah, just another person. But I was thinking about this the other day is like, I mean, you should always approach meeting new people and like with enthusiasm because you'll never know what you might learn from someone. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and each person you meet, it'll be kind of like a different, different experience. Um, uh, getting to know them, learning from them, getting their perspective on things. And as you also, as you grow in life and your perspective changes, like, you know, like I said, you know, starting off in, in, uh, in college, like I had a different perspective on life. I have a different outlook, but now, you know, I've recently married. Alhamdulillah. Um, you have, on that, by the way, you, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. You have a kind of a different outlook on life. Like you, you kind of see, uh, people in different lights and see them, uh, as more in with more wisdom. Right. So, um, yeah, so I grew up in Maryland. Um, I, uh, I, I met a lot of really good friends there. Alhamdulillah, I went to Islamic school. Um, spent about 12, 13 years there, after which uh, my family made a big change. We moved, to, uh, we moved overseas to the UAE. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really an interesting experience. Um, and looking back, you know, when, when we were moving, I hated it. Like, I was like, oh man, I do not want to move. I'm going to miss all my friends. I had mm-hmm. I had really good friends. Uh, mashallah, they're great, great people from the community. Um, and I just really love them, you know, for the sake of Allah. But, you know, moving there and kind of looking back at what I learned and the perspective I gained from, you know, going, going to such a completely different country. I'm originally from Palestine, but whereas most of my family lives in Jordan. I was able to go go to Jordan every year. Like before, it was like every three years when I when I grew up in the U.S. But at that point, I was able to go every year, um, and I was able to like get closer to my family, uh, learn more Arabic, um, learn really more about kind of I wouldn't say my roots because I mean I call myself American, but I'm also I mean I'd say I'm I am Palestinian American. Mm-hmm. So like learning more about my culture, and I think that was a very valuable experience to me. Like stuff that you know a lot of people kind of. Muslim Americans or Arab Americans, whatever it is, Muslim Americans, they kind of miss out on is that, uh, is that cultural connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, being able to go back, um, learning, meeting new people that I've never met before, like distant relatives, um, people who were like very different from myself, uh, had different life uh, perspective, perspectives on life, people in like the UAE that um, just like completely, like raised in like a completely different context, you know, um, you know, meeting people in like supermarkets or 
wherever, like at school. It was just, it was just life changing, to be honest. Um, and I wouldn't take that experience back if I look back at it and I wouldn't, if I were to do it again, I guess I would say that that's just life. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess if I were, if I had the option, I maybe if I were to do it again, I would stay um, here. But having picked up that perspective, I think that I'm, it's very valuable to me. Um, and I love how you mentioned, well, that's a, that's a really cool story. Uh-huh. But like how, and it's hard, you know, when you're so used to living in one place and all of a sudden you have to yeah. move to, you're not moving across the block. You're moving in your case to a completely different country, yeah. you know? completely different people different culture like everything's changed yeah and i love how you mentioned like in your undergrad because you don't have to like like just going from high school to college or like from a you know high school to a different um school you know a lot of people struggle with that because especially when you're in that age where you're still trying to figure out who you are and who your friends are and all this stuff it's hard to have a complete switch like that you know but like you said i love how you mentioned you know, meeting new people and getting to actually talk to them and, and know them yeah. and, and develop that friendship, I feel like is so important um, to grow as a person yeah, because it's always it's always hard at first, right? To, to introduce yourself or to get to know somebody. But like, like you said, like that's life, right? Yeah. Like doing hard things to get the reward in the end. Yeah. And you know, once you kind of get past that first barrier, you know, like I, I remember I saw you at the Masjid well, actually, I remember I saw you at the Mejid and, and you didn't seem familiar because our Mejid's small. Like, it's yeah. the same people that go every time. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm going to just make Salam, whatever. I, I, you know, we talked for a bit. I learned about you. You said you were interested in, like, helping out in the community. Absolutely. We were on, like, I was on a board, you know, for, you know, a, a religious organization. And, you know, it just went from there. But sometimes you just have to, like, initiate that conversation, you know. And from that, like, friendships can can grow. Exactly. And like having that perspective, like meeting people and especially UAE, because UAE is like a melting pot where you have people from so many different cultural backgrounds. Like you have, you know, people from Indian subcontinent, Pakistanis, Indians, um, you have Arabs, obviously you have, you know, foreigners, you know, uh, from like Europe or whatever it is. It's just a really crazy experience. Um, but then after that, I came back to the United States for um, you know, my bachelor's degree. Um, and that was a, another completely different experience. It was kind of like going back to, I don't want to say my roots, but like in a more f- familiar kind of like more, like the environment that I grew up in, but very different because everyone around me was like, you know, college age. Um, and I found myself uh, really involved in the Muslim Students Association in college. So again, like I kind of had my own, if I, if I were to look back at it, I think that I would have probably... Um, I, I was kind of in a bubble in the Muslim Students Association. Right. I probably, yeah, I think so. I probably would have tried to make more effort to connect to non-Muslims because I think that college is a great opportunity um, to be able to exchange ideas with people who might not be familiar with you are and, and kind of, you know, um, through uh, sharing knowledge, reduce ignorance in society. Um, so that's one thing that maybe I would take back. But I, I think that since then, I've been able to kind of um, come out of my shell, I've become more confident and, and really get to connect with people, like meet people of all different backgrounds. And, and, and all these experiences that I had, like pe- pe- meeting people from so many different backgrounds, like, like for instance, I know way too much than someone who's not Indian would know about India, for instance. <laughs> like I know, I got the geography down, like if you tell me, oh, I'm from this part of India, it's like, oh, you mean that state? Or right, like, right. oh, are you near this city? Like it's just weird, like, cause I'm really, a, I'm a, really a geography nerd. Uh-huh. So like I'm really into geography. So, um, 
like it's cool because like when I meet someone new and they're like oh just another kid who doesn't know anything about where I am but he seems nice but then when I start dropping like oh are you yeah. from this city or this town they feel like really it, 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 it like kind of like it lowers barriers yeah. to getting to, to feeling like you can open up to that person mm-hmm. and that's how I made a lot of friendships to be honest being able to relate to someone you know like if someone comes up to me and tells me that like hey I'm I grew up in America I'm a like a Caucasian American, but I know about the city that you're from, Palestine. Yeah, like, dude, that's sick. Yeah, I, dude, let's get, let's be friends. Let's, like, yeah, I to, yeah, I want to talk to you. So, like, to be able to do that with people and be able to connect with them on different levels, I think is it makes it so much easier for me to connect to people. And I think of myself as like a really, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I don't want to say outgoing because I'm not the most. I I would say like I'm slightly introverted, but maybe extroverted as well. Like it's a good balance, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, college especially is a is a really good time high school as well but mainly college is a good time to get to know new people and it's not necessarily like whether you're in college i think it's more of that age range of about 18 22 24 because it's at a time where like you're more mature the people around you are more mature you know they kind of have a better sense of what they want to do with their lives and whatnot and it's a good place to build like real solid friendships and connections you know a lot of a lot of you know SubhanAllah, you think about most of your high school friends and how many of them are like actually still people that, you know, your friend, high school is a, high school is a mess. High school is a joke at the end of the day, yeah. you know, but when you, when you kind of, it, I'm not saying like I have friends that I've met yeah. at high school and they're still like some of my best friends now, alhamdulillah, but college is a really good time to, to get to know people. Yeah. And, you know, SubhanAllah, you can, I love, you mentioned how you can learn so much from really learning other people's stories and, and just getting to know like all this stuff about them. Um, there's this brother that I met at Bilal, uh, at Juma'ah, um, a couple weeks ago. And he literally, he just approached me <clears throat> to ask if like we had extra English translations of the Quran that he could get. So I was like, yeah, like, let me go grab you one. And on the way we just talked about because I've never seen him before, so yeah. I just got to know him. You made the effort to like get to know yeah, him. Yeah, I was just like, why not? I'm already, you know. Wallahi, this brother's story, like, and I want to get him on the podcast to share it with everybody. But Wallahi inspired me because he told me how, you know, he was someone who, who wasn't really close to religion at all. He didn't really pray. He, he did all this stuff, you know, drugs, partying, even with girls, all this stuff. And he said there was one incident uh, where he, he was basically, he was at a party and he got, um, basically jumped by eight guys and he should have died. Like he, he had blood pouring out of his head. Like his face was completely, they, they, I think, you know, I think he told me that they pronounced him dead on the, on the way, like to the hospital, even if that's not true, he was in really, really bad condition. And subhanAllah, he told, he told me, you know, I, with no doubt in my mind, Allah is the one that saved me because I shouldn't have been alive and you don't want to die in, you know, at a party with all this, you know, and ever since then, Wallahi, I, I see him like he's there at Fajr, he's there at Aisha, he's, he's probably there at the other prayers, but those are the only ones that I go to and I've, I've seen him at, and he's just so like passionate about the deen now in Islam, and Wallahi, when you're around that kind, those kind of people, when you're around that positive energy, it motivates you as well, you know, people are few. Sorry, <laughs> people are fuel, right? And that's why one reason I like doing these podcasts, I like getting to know new people because when you're around those kind of people, when I'm around you, when I'm around that brother, 
well, I get inspired, you know, you learn new things, you, 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 you know, you just, you have a better perspective of things. And like, it, it's, it's the same with, that's why people are so important. Like, it's the same thing with negative people as well. Well, I though, you know, when you're around people who just always complain and whine and moan about everything in their lives, it puts you down. Yeah. Puts you down. Like, even though you have nothing to do with it, like, it just puts you in a bad mood. You know, so people really are fuel and that's why getting to know, and it's okay to get to know someone and then realize, okay, maybe this person isn't, yeah, absolutely. isn't the best. Well, you'll me. never know if you don't try. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, it's so important to just get to know new people. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, exactly. Like, that's a really good point is that like, I've also, I'm like, and going back to kind of like, like my story and to kind of like tie it home with what you just said or bring it home with what you just said. Um, like you know, after undergrad, uh, I moved away again for college to a place that I I didn't really know anyone. I knew a couple people and that helped a lot, but I kind of got exhausted, you know, meeting new people. Like I stopped making an effort. Like I was just like, oh, I mean, I've already met so many new people. I've already have, alhamdulillah, like really great friends I met in college. Like you said, like some of the best friends that you make are in college. So like, I just grown, I just got exhausted. And then like, I, I realized probably a year or two after I just stopped putting effort into meeting new people. It's like, what am I doing? Like, I'm missing out on so much. Like, mm-hmm. I like, like, you know, it doesn't really like, let's say you meet someone. I mean, you, I mean, you can talk to them for 10, 15 minutes and gain so much perspective and learn something from them that's life changing to you. Um, if you really lower your barriers, if you really make an effort to connect with them and then really never see them again, but not because it's like, mm-hmm. it's just like, that's how, that's, that's just how it happened. Like, say you're driving through a city and you're stopped by a message to pray and yeah. you met this guy and you had an amazing conversation with him because you lowered your barriers and you lowered kind of that, like that hold on your heart. Mm-hmm. Like you might not ever see the guy again, but it was so worth the experience that 100%. you had to connect with this person. And all it takes is just to reach out <laughs> once, yeah. say salam, how Be are you, how's your day? Say salam, exactly. Like truly tell them how you're feeling or like how, like truly try to connect with them. Yeah. Really, like bringing down, I, I'd say the biggest thing is like bringing down all barriers and trying to connect with people and not, I think the biggest thing actually, now that I think of it is judging people. Mm-hmm. Like. I can I can look at someone the message and size mom say oh this guy is like he's just another Arab dude Arab right. whatever I'm whatever or a, you know an uncle um, and say like ah oh, I have nothing to learn with him he's just gonna say the same old stuff that I always hear from Amos but like that's not true like they have there's so much experiences that people who you never you've never even met they've lived through and so much that you can learn from them and all you have to do is kind of kind of like try to connect with them. And obviously you can't connect with the same people or different people in the same way. Like, and that, that's where I kind of, I think that's where the experience or my experience comes. Like all the people that I've met and all the information that I've gained. And I love, I love like, I go on Wikipedia binges where I go from like, like the Salah Din, whatever, mm-hmm. to like um, Kyrgyzstan to like the most random stuff. Like I love these binges and I learn so much. And when I talk to people, I oftentimes this kind of stuff comes up and allows me to relate to them. But like, I think that um, you can you can connect to different people in different ways, whether it's like through information or through emotion or whatever it is, like um, being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So learning to like learning to like um, read people, I guess, and 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 try to make that connection, I think, is really valuable. And it comes with experience and wisdom and age, I think. Um, yeah. And it's not just like the lessons you learn as well. It's like it's beneficial to have a lot of connections with 
with people, right? Like one connection with a certain friend or amu or whatever could like get you the job that you wanted, yeah. right? Or if you have friends at school, yeah. you know, wallahi, finishing assignments is a lot easier when you have three yeah. people helping you than if you're just doing it by yourself. You know, all these, and if you look hatta, like even if you look at like our ancestors and whatnot, and if you want to look at the tribal ages, like you had a, like they had very well-knit close families, groups, right? And that's how you survived. Like you survived by being there for each other. Yeah. If you're out by yourself in the wild, you're screwed. Yeah, you yeah. know, like that's not a good situation to be in. Mm-hmm. So we've almost, yeah. And if you want to look at evolution, if you don't, whatever, but the human being that we are, like we need other people around us in order to survive in order. And we're social beings as well. Right. Like, and we've, we've seen that with quarantine, like what being in, in, you know, by yourself isolated can do for your mental health, you know, cause as, as human beings, we're supposed to interact with people. We're supposed to, to build all these connections. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd say it's like, it's vital to like mm-hmm. our survival. Like I'm sure that, and I've read about a couple studies. Are you familiar with like a couple studies where they like, uh, I'm not gonna maybe not mention them. I don't know. Like I don't want to. I don't want to screw up like what <laughs> the studies are meant to study. But um, essentially, like, no bottom, huh? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the bottom line is that like social connection is extremely important yeah. to development, human development. Um, and I'm not gonna act like I'm a, like a human psychologist. You don't. Anymore. You don't need. But a it study, doesn't need like, to. It doesn't need someone to have like a degree in it to yeah. know that that's extremely important. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've seen, like, you don't need a study. Like, we've seen it in this past year and a half, like, Absolutely. with everything that's been going on. Like, yeah. it's hard for every single one of us. Yeah. But, you know, again, I guess, long story short, get to know as many people as you can. Yeah, inshallah. And, 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 and get to know them through lowering barriers, through trying, genuinely trying to connect to them. Yeah. Trying to understand them. And don't judge people. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, don't be judgmental of someone. Like, you might see someone who's, who looks like they're, you know, they're having a rough time. And like, you might assume that, oh, this is someone that I don't really want to talk to. They're not really wanting to open up to me. But no, don't like, don't assume that. Maybe mm-hmm. you might just save that person's life um, if they're like having suicidal thoughts or something like that. Like you meet someone like at a grocery store and you talk to them and you really strike a conversation with them. You could be saving someone. So like always have that need, that intention that when you're going through these types of conversations, that like you want to make this person feel, you know, valued. You want to make them feel like they, they're the coolest person in the world yeah. when you're talking to them. Like, I've had conversations about the most boring topics one would call, like like people working in like, uh, you know, whatever. Like, just like, yeah. What I mean, and what's the worst thing that can happen, right? Like yeah, maybe exactly. it gets yeah. a little awkward, like whatever. Yeah. Uh, you move on, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Talk- usually it doesn't, usually it doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I've, I've, been, I've gone some really interesting uh, conversations with right. people who you think wouldn't have anything interesting to say if you judge them. It's true. Yeah. So I want to talk to you about Ramadan because that's coming up really soon. And, you know, subhanAllah, I think there's a lot of excitement for this one, especially since last one. It had its pros and cons, but it was definitely different, right? Like with quarantine and everything and the masajid being closed. And like, because Corona is still around, obviously, but, you know, things are, I guess, less strict. So it's going to be different. But I mean, are you excited for it? Like, what what are your thoughts on it? So I guess to start off with like what my thoughts were on last Ramadan, yeah. like how I experienced it. Um, so I spent Ramadan with my sister, um, uh, who I, I <clears throat> like I moved away for college and 
I never moved back home and she she uh, she actually came and stayed with me the whole time mm. so I think it was a really really amazing like experience and an opportunity for me to kind of relive older days like how it used to be like growing up with my sister who's like one year younger than me mm-hmm. um and and also in like kind of like the whole idea of like you know not having a message to go to um and like praying tarawih at home um reading quran at home really making an effort um conscious effort not just going through the motions like because a lot of people a lot of times i feel like people kind of get stuck in a routine unfortunately with ramadan like oh fast wake up suhoor fast break your fast go to the masjid yeah. at home you know like there's no real like people kind of get in this like kind of like this loop and yeah. then they stop thinking about it and by day 15 you're like oh when is it going to end mm-hmm. and i think the reason why people are like oh when is it going to end at day 15 is that they're not they're not really they're not enjoying the, the the beautiful like the beautiful taste of Ramadan. Like it's not there because they've it's become kind of like this mundane thing like you do every day. What is that so, beautiful taste? The beautiful taste. Hmm. So I'll tell you. Like I would describe it as this. Like a couple of Ramadans ago, I made a conscious effort to sit down um, and read every single ayah of the Quran and understand every single ayah. Hmm. Like I I sat down and I would spend after every salah I would spend at least 10-15 minutes. And subhanAllah, like before, like I was like, there's no way, like, how am I gonna do this? But I was like, okay, I'm gonna make a conscious, conscious effort to do this after every salah. I'm gonna read 10, 15 minutes, that's it. Five minutes. If it needs to be five minutes, five minutes, I don't care. Anything. Any any amount of time, read some pages of the Quran. And when I made an effort to read every single ayah, understand and actually think about the ayah, I found I found myself sometimes when I had the time, obviously when I didn't have anything else to do, I found myself sitting there for like an hour. Mm. Like because I couldn't stop, I couldn't stop reading you know and that's the beauty that's that's when you you get to that point where like you're not doing it because like oh let me take advantage edge of multiplier combo whatever you know <laughs> Super <laughs> combo. exactly no you're there because subhanallah you've had this like this feeling in your heart like the 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 taste the the leather like the like the beautiful taste in your mouth of the quran and of having that and and subhanallah like i did that like two or three months ago and I, I didn't I did do it last Ramadan, but I think I might try doing it this Ramadan. Is going back to that habit that I built and try to extend it to like after Ramadan. It was like really read the Quran with tadabbur and understanding and yeah, good. I'm I'm no, no no I I love your point. I was just gonna go off of that. Yeah. And I'm just curious why like why is it that like everything like we become so. It becomes so easy to do all this stuff during Ramadan. Like we become excited to do it, to read more Quran, to pray more, to to literally like wake up at 2, 3, 4 a.m., you know, and, and pray and all this stuff. Where like if you think about it, we could be doing this at any time of the year. But like, subhanAllah, what's so special about Ramadan that, that makes it easy for that? And I think one of the reasons, and it seems counterproductive, is because we're fasting. And you think... When you're fasting, you're low on energy. You haven't had any food or water. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there's no. Yes, also, also water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we. Uh, so no food and no water from sunrise to sunset. You think you're super low on energy, but Subhanallah, so many people are working out. They're they they seem more productive. They're doing all this stuff. You know, they're still getting all their schoolwork. I feel like it's because you're like fasting has such a such a a, a big mental and spiritual like impact on you in a positive sense Mm -hmm. because when you're fasting it's you're training your body to be able to hold your desires you know food is one of the the biggest natural desires that we have and you're able to suppress that for 16 hours a day if you're able to do that which is 
really hard, it becomes easier to do all this other stuff suppress, as well. Suppress like the need to sleep. Yeah. You know, and like eight hours straight. Mm -hmm. Who said we, I mean, yeah, you need your sleep. It's important. I'm not saying don't <laughs> sleep, but like you don't have to sleep for eight hours straight in our, you know, comfy beds and like cozy, you know, comfort. It's like, get up, you know, pray for the do tajud. Um, think about like make dua like whatever you know and it's easier as well with like like when you have like a community around you people like everyone yeah. else is doing it as well yeah. it, it gets you excited for it which makes it which made it hard last time line going yeah. back to what you said so, because like you're at home and like there's nothing I mean stuff a lot I'm not gonna say there's nothing that <laughs> no. you know, I'm saying like there's that community aspect is yeah. not there so like it really gets you to think about like, why am I doing this? Like really setting your knee out, like your intent straight. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I getting up at 3 a.m.? Am I getting up because Abdullah at the message was like, yo, or Ahmed at the message was like, yo, bro, we're doing PM, come through. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, dude, let's get some IHOP after, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not yeah. why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I want that beautiful, like that beautiful taste in my mouth. I want mm -hmm. that, that, um, that sweetness. That's the word that I'm like. But even that, like, like, that vibe of, of going to Tarawih and then going to IHOP later it's, and yeah, hanging great, out. Yeah. Like it was, it, it, maybe it's not like the best intention, but it was still something like that you could really look forward to that yeah. wasn't there, you know, outside of Ramadan. Yeah. But one, one part of it as well, you know, like we can talk about the intense amount of, of edge that you get during Ramadan. Mm -hmm. You know, like Ramadan is, is wallah, it's, it's a huge opportunity. Um, for you to just yeah, I mean, it could it could be there's there's a hadith where Allah every every night of Ramadan Allah saves people from the hellfire right so every night is is an opportunity for you to be saved right to be like your name is just written and decreed that you know it's not going to it's going to go to Jannah. Um, there's another. I don't know. Do you want to mention something? Or? No, 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 just like I'm there just was like contemplating. Out loud, maybe I should. Yeah, but no, you're good. Like the beauty of like what you're, yeah, what you're saying. Like, there was amazing wow. hadith about about the huge reward of Ramadan, where I forget who the Sahaba was, but he had a dream where two men were entering Jannah. Both of them, they were born on the same day, and they died. One of them died as a shaheed, mm -hmm. as a martyr, and one of them died a normal death a year later. So he died a year later. He lived a normal life. The first one died a shaheed, right? We know we know the huge rewards of, of martyrs in Islam, right? The first drop of blood, all their sins are forgiven, there no punishment in the great like there's huge, immense rewards. But the Sahaba had a dream that the one who died a year later entered Jannah first. And then the Shaheed entered second. And you might be thinking, like, what's the big deal? They both enter Jannah. But like, if you think in this life, like people will line up you know, overnight to, to, to be the iPhone. first in line to yeah. get an iPhone or to see the first movie. Shouldn't we be more excited to be the first people to enter Jannah? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So the Sahaba saw this dream and he went to the Prophet and he told him, I saw this and this. Why is it that the man who died a year later, or why is it that this man entered Jannah first and the Shaheed died or entered second? The Prophet Muhammad said, didn't this man live a year longer? He said, Na'am Rasulullah. He said, didn't he witness one more Ramadan than the Shaheed? He said, Naam Rasulullah. He said, because of that witnessing of one more Ramadan, that Ramadan took him higher than the Shaheed. And to, so, that, and to that I say, Allah Ramadan. I mean, one Ramadan, one Ramadan can take you higher than, than a, a martyr, a Shaheed, one of the most noble, 
you know, ways that you can, that you can pass. SubhanAllah, like that hadith alone, you know, and we can talk about uh, obviously your, all your deeds are multiplied and whatnot, but just think about the immense opportunity. Well, it's 30 days for you to just, to be, be higher than a shaheed, yeah, you know? And I think that also um, the importance of Ramadan and the fact that it's not like a week, subhanAllah, the hikmah, like Ramadan is not a week or it's not a night or it's not mm. just day to the it, It's a whole month. And, and you know, typically, you know, psychologists, I, maybe this is true or maybe this isn't, but they say that it, how long does it take to build habits? It takes 40 yeah. days, right? Is that, is that 40 I think days? it's 21. 21, okay. Something like that. Yeah, whichever school of thought you cover. <laughs> 40, 20, whatever about, it is. About a month. About, about <laughs> a month, which is exactly how long an yeah. is. Like, so we should, I, but I think, I don't think it's enough just to like say, okay, if I do this for a month, I will build the habit. I think you need to make the conscious effort before Ramadan starts and saying, okay, I will do this every single day in Ramadan. And the purpose of it, of course, at the first and foremost is, you know, to take advantage of Ramadan, to do these things for Allah, uh, to get the reward. But also, I'm doing this with the intention of ultimately building a habit. And I think that with the conscious, being consciously, um, uh, you know... You make that a goal. You make yeah. That a, yeah, exactly. Like, make that a goal consciously to yourself. I think that's so much more effective. So I think that, you know, I'm saying this to myself right now, but I've never really tried it. But that's, like, the point it's, of these conversations, good. like, when you, need to talk, when you talk to people, yeah. it's like... It's like, oh, maybe I should try that this Ramadan. I should try, like, making the knee. It's like, okay, I'm going to make a habit out of this. And after the Ramadan, I'm not going to stop it, inshallah. And may Allah give us the ability to do that. I right? mean, and that's the whole point of it. Like, it's Ramadan, at the end, it's a training ground, right? Yeah. For the rest of your life. It's it's supposed to get you to be able to to hold yourself, like we said, hold your desires. And that point, like, you know, sometimes it's not even, like, a conscious effort. Like, I remember, it was two or three Ramadans ago. It's two Ramadans ago. I would always, obviously we'd always go to Isha and then Tarawih. That was just a normal thing every night. Because of that, I just got used to it and I started going to Isha almost every night after Ramadan for like a year. I've, I've, I fell off a bit, mainly because I mean, school, I can make excuses, but yeah. for at least for a long time after Ramadan, it was still a habit that I had. Yeah. And it wasn't even something like, I'm, like I was just used to it, you know? And that's one of the beauties of it as well. And I'll end this, you know, talk about Ramadan on one last point. Shaitan is most active during two times of the year. It's right before Ramadan and it's right after Ramadan. Because he wants you to, to slip up and mess up right before Ramadan starts. So you go into it already discouraged, discouraged yeah. you know, with low Iman. And then he comes to you, obviously, we know after Ramadan, it's Eid, it's whatever. You've been holding yourself for 30 days now. Yalla, go party, go have fun, you know, do all this stuff. Yeah. And we see that a lot of times with people. So, you know, all of us, myself included. It's not even like, uh, yeah, party, whatever, have fun. But it's also like, just like, go not read Quran for a yeah. week. You know, it's not necessarily bad, yeah, bad yeah. things. It's like losing the good things. Because mm -hmm. shaitan doesn't work. Like, we all know that shaitan works like, he, he kind of, it's not like a very like, in your face. He's like, he sneaks in. You, know? you find that read sometimes is in your face. It's like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people like, once Eid comes around, khalas, like, but yes, 100%, shaitan will get yeah, you a little by like, little. Like, for the people who, like, who made the effort to read the Quran, obviously you're not going to go to, like, the club the next day. Yeah, 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 yeah. You might stop reading Quran the next day, and you might stop, uh, like, praying on time the next day or the next week. So that's how I think that we should kind of look at what our goals are and set our, our habits or the habits that we're trying to attain based off of where we are and where we assess ourselves to be at what point. 
and what we're trying to obtain. And of mm-hmm. course, the, the ultimate goal is Jannah, but also like kind of maybe set a goal. Like in 10 years, I want to be, I want to know this much Quran or in, in next year, I want to be able to pray 60% of my salahs in the message or whatever. Right. Yeah. And so that's, that's true. It's so it's important for us to, I guess, make sure, especially during the beginning, about a week or two weeks before Ramadan starts, just be super vigilant about like not messing up, not letting shaitan get to us uh, and discourage us. Yeah. yeah. If you're gonna, if your goal is to, let's say, read a juz every day from, from now, you know, read two, three, four pages every day, something to get you in that habit. But mainly it's like stay away from sin as much as possible because yeah, it's more beneficial to get rid of one bad habit, you know, or one sin than to adopt 10 new good habits, right? Especially before Ramadan starts. So, you know, make sure shaitan's going to be super active, you know, and we just need to be super vigilant, inshallah. Absolutely. Um, I actually I want to take this opportunity go to ahead. Like, go back to like that topic. I've been thinking about it. And um, the topic that we kind of started off with is like connecting with people. Um, now to tie it back with like, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to think of like a lot of these... Um, food for thought in an Islamic context, right? Sure. Um, I found that like, you know, when I try to connect with people who might not be Muslim or might not be as, you know, practicing a religious, um, um, I find that um, it's actually like, when I think of it, it's a great form of da'wah, you know, mm. like being able to relate to people, show people how much you value them, show people how much you are genuinely interested and care about them as a person. And then when they find out you're Muslim or they know that you're Muslim, yeah. it's like, oh, okay. I it's mean, not like you're forcing their religion on yeah, them or giving not, them a Quran yeah, in their hands. Yeah, like, it's not like what you typically imagine when you think of da'wah as like, a, you know, one of those foldable tables and a bunch of brochures <laughs> on the table. Right. And like a, a trifold board, you know, talking right, about Right, right, right. Like, why Islam, you know? <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's like, There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but, yeah of course not. Yeah, I'm not trying to make fun of it. No, no, don't get me wrong. Like, alhamdulillah, like I've, I've done that a couple of times. But I think this is, in my opinion... It, Maybe more effective? No, I, I no, no, no I, I see what you're saying. I and what you're saying is true. It's that true Islam is not... Like a non-Muslim isn't going to read a Quran and learn about the Hadith and whatnot. They're going to learn about Islam through you. Exactly. Right? Through your character, through your manners. You know, well, actually, at my old job, I, I know nothing about like Mormons necessarily in terms right. of what they believe in and whatnot. But I had three Mormon co-workers and every single one of them was super kind, super nice, really friendly. Yeah. Just amazing. The characteristics, the characteristics that you would want to see in a Muslim. And so automatically from that, I just have a good impression of them, even yeah, though I might not necessarily agree with their beliefs or not even know anything about their beliefs. I already have a good, mm-hmm. and we have to be the first people to that because especially how Islam is viewed nowadays with, with all the Islamophobia, you know, well, like they're going to non-Muslims who have heard nothing about Islam, right? If, if their news is their only source, they're going to have this violent negative image about Islam. But if they get to know you, and all it takes is one person, if they get to know you and they see how you truly act, wallah, you don't have to tell them a single hadith or a single verse of Quran. If they see it through your character and your manners, they're going to say whatever is on that TV is complete BS. Because I know a Muslim, I've met a Muslim, and that's not how they act, right? It's all about your manners and how you how you carry yourself. And that's what, like, akhlaq is a huge part. We don't have enough time to get into that. That yeah, We can talk about that for hours. Yeah, but. but what I'm trying to say is, like, the maximum, like, being able to connect with people, like, it's a really great way to effect, like, effectively give da'wah to people. Yeah. And, like, these, um, like, really indirect ways, 
and and in that way you also it's kind of like a help it'll help you check yourself you know because like people know that you're muslim right and um and this is especially the case i think for our sisters right who wear hijab um mm-hmm. who like all day long like people's eyes are i mean people are watching them like everything that they right. do every single thing that they do they're like scrutinized and and it's kind of like the amount of responsibility like i can't imagine how difficult and also also how rewarding it is how True. how rewarding it is to be like hijabi in this society in this country because as men we can we shouldn't but if we want to we can hide you our can stem, hide, yeah, exactly but they they can't yeah, right exactly so like just being able to like sh- like through how you behave with people how nice you are courteous you are people like all it takes is like five minutes or even less just a quick uh, conversation to say like, okay my, i guess they're these Muslims aren't that that bad, you know. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I um. I really enjoyed talking this. Like I, I enjoyed the part about um, just when it comes to connecting with people. Well, like when you lose your train of thought, it's just like so hard to get it's it back. Dude, I had a point. This, in my this head. is a podcast, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> like trains of thought. No one's watching anymore. It's fine. Nah, 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 <laughs> no, people are watching. Nah, nah, nah. Um, but no, Allah, like, yeah, I mean, first of all, Allah, but there's no Ramadan. May Allah allow us to yeah. see Ramadan. And like we just talked about, like, well, like, talking to people, connecting with them is so important. Like, I've known you for over a year now, but I learned some things today, alhamdulillah, that I didn't know. Yeah. You know? And I'm, I'm thankful for that, alhamdulillah. And, you know, may Allah bless you, Ismail, and Jazakallah khair for joining us on the podcast. Um, and yeah. Jazakallah khair guys for tuning in and stay tuned for our next episode inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.